going to get into the talk. Thanks for uh, being patient and uh, being a part of us this morning. The book of Hebrews is where, where we've been going through, and it's written primarily to encourage the new converts, these Jewish converts, uh, in their newfound faith in Jesus. And one of the main themes that comes up in the book is perseverance and keep running the race and keep going and hold on to Jesus and not let go. And um, this was during a time, that the, the, the book of Hebrews is written to the church at a time when they were facing uh, challenges on all sides. Externally, the church was facing uh, terrible persecution from the Roman Empire. And uh, the Romans had no tolerance, no acceptance of Christianity and of Christians and believers. They wouldn't kind of pledge their allegiance to the, the Roman throne and, and leadership. And so they were facing tremendous persecution from uh, external forces within the Roman Empire. Internally, the church was facing lots of false teachers and bad doctrine. And so they had come out of a strong kind of uh, the, the Jewish roots and following the law and all of that kind of uh, tradition and all those customs and all those things. And as they kind of came into their faith with Jesus and the gospel, there was a strong movement within some to kind of create hybrids and kind of reintroduce legalism and requirements and things like that in the Christian faith. And so they were, even within the church, they were facing opposition and struggle and, and people were, were struggling in their faith. And this was causing a lot of believers, these external and internal kind of oppositions to the church were causing a lot of believers to abandon the gospel and to kind of let go of their hope in Jesus. And so Hebrews is, it's both an encouragement and at times, some of the language is pretty strong, it's also a warning to hold on to Jesus. No matter what, no matter what the cost, continue to have faith in Jesus. Persevere, keep running the race. And in Hebrews 2.1, there's a really great little verse. It says this, so we must listen very carefully to the truth we have heard, or we may drift away from it. This word drift kind of really pops out in this verse. And it invokes images of a, of a ship that has lost connection to its anchor. And it's such a descriptive, it's such a powerful word. This, this ship that is floating around, kind of wherever the currents and the winds and just kind of, uh, just without any direction. And, and the writer of the Hebrews says, this can happen in your life. This can happen to your heart. You can begin to drift spiritually. It's like the anchor line becomes severed. The anchor line to Jesus and to hope in Jesus and faith in him. And one of the most difficult things as a pastor is watching someone begin to drift in their faith. They begin to waffle in their convictions. I've seen it happen, and sometimes people begin to pick up different ideas and different worldviews, and, and they kind of loosen their, their convictions, and they just begin to drift a little bit. Some of the things that they once were so passionate about, they're things that grabbed their hearts spiritually, things about Jesus and the church and spirituality that just, that just resonated within them. They just, they begin to not kind of, they just fizzle out. And they just kind of begin to, to go away in those areas. I've seen people begin to disconnect from the body of Christ. So, so often it can happen a little at a time. It can happen in little steps. It can happen in one relationship at a time. And people just begin to kind of unhook and unravel from the body of Christ. I would venture 
a guess that every one of us has had someone close to us drift from their faith in Jesus. We've all seen someone just begin to kind of just unhook and disconnect the anchor lines to Jesus. And it's a hard thing to watch. It's discouraging to watch, especially for those that are closest to us, our loved ones. Sometimes it's our spouse or a close friend or maybe even a child. And, 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 and we see them begin to kind of deconstruct their faith and just kind of let go of Jesus. That's a hard thing to watch. And Hebrews is a call to hold on and stay connected to Jesus. And one of the most practical ways that we see this, and it's laid out in the book of Hebrews and in 10, 23, 25, it says this. And this is where we're gonna, we're gonna look this morning. It says, let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm. For God can be trusted to keep his promise. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. These are the words that the writer of Hebrews is giving this church, this group of Christians that is really, they're, they're, they're getting together like an underground church. They're under persecution. And the writer is saying, look, don't give up meeting together. Be connected together. Continue to, to spur one another on in your faith. Encourage one another and, and be there for one another. Live together. The scripture is speaking about the importance of connection to other believers. And one of the most effective ways to prevent spiritual drift is connection to other believers. It's one of the strongest ways, one of the ways to help keep you grounded, help keep you going, help keep, is it when, when you're connected together and you're mutually helping one another and grounding one another. There's so much value in being a part of community when something in your life goes off the rails. In just the past week, I've had conversations with someone facing a heartbreaking divorce, really going through just such a tough situation. And, and, the impact that just having some friends has had in their life. That, that, that sense of like, there, there's hope, I can get through this. I'm not alone. Um, I've talked to someone this past week who has been going through an incredibly traumatic, difficult health scare. Like, just hit quickly. And was very serious, like ICU and life and death. And somehow kind of coming through it. And the value of getting a text message the value of kind of coming out of medication and being in your room and wondering what's going on and on your phone, friends saying, I'm praying for you. I'm here for you. A card that's left at a hospital room to say, I was here, you were asleep, praying for you. The impact that um, community can have to know that when you're in the fire, you're not alone. It's one of the things that moves me the most. Nothing works like the church when the church is working. And when I see people being Jesus to one another, and it's not because we have a visitation department, and it's not because it's the paid pastor who has to go care for people. It's because it's the church that cares for one another. Nothing is better than that. It is the most life-changing, most moving thing that I can see. And it's a beautiful thing that the Holy Spirit partners with. And both of these people, they shared with me the power and the role and the impact that community and friends has had in their life just this past week within our church. And so regardless of your age and stage in life, 
one of the single greatest contributing factors to make you awesome is to have great friends. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter if you're married or single or busy or working or you're scrambling with kids and you've got little kids at home. Don't forsake investing and finding community and finding friends. It's the greatest, richest thing that will come into your life. And every week, I meet people who have been changed by being a part of this community. It's why I do what I do. It's our vision for this church. It's why we started this church. It's so that people can find faith in Jesus and live together in community, find friends, and just have a great, amazing, productive, fruitful life and just know the love of Jesus. Uh, I want to tell you about Nancy, who's a part of our church. She found us a few years ago while she was here in university. And like so many others, Nancy graduated and moved, moved back home. She, she left. Happens a lot. Sometimes I feel like I'm the dude closing the door on the space shuttle. Like we have all these amazing people and they're with us. And then it's like they're done and graduated. And it's like, okay, goodbye. Have, have a nice, like, you know, I'm here. I'm just standing on the catwalk of the space shuttle eating my Cheetos. And they're like off to great, amazing things. And the... These people that are a part of us, a part of community, they go and they leave. Well, Nancy got home to Ontario and began planning out the future of her life and what she wanted it to look like. And she decided that of all the places to live in Canada, she wanted to launch her career as an ophthalmologist right here in Kelowna because she had found something in our church community so significant that she didn't want to lose it. And she wanted to be a part of our community. And so she waited and tried and waited and tried, finally got a job in Kelowna as an ophthalmologist. And she has since moved back to be a part of our community because we are better together. Because she's experiencing something and we get to experience something by having her within our church community. And there's something about when you know and you fit and you love people and God's working and God's stirring, there's something great about being a part of a collective body, a collective church, where you think, man, there's some, there's some life and there's some vision and there's some hope and some promise and we're gonna do something that's gonna be great. And she wants to be a part of that, sharp young girl. And uh, I wanna tell you about Rebecca, Nancy's roommate. When Nancy found her job and was getting ready to move back to Kelowna, she answered Rebecca's ad online for a roomie. And they didn't know one another. They met on Skype. And it just felt like it was the right fit. They liked one another. And so Nancy took the spot to Rebecca's place, sight unseen. And Rebecca has been in uh, Kelowna for five years. She works as a veterinarian technician in the city. She did some schooling at the university. And uh, now she's working. She's on her way to become a veterinarian. And um, she grew up with a belief in Jesus. She actually grew up in Whistler. And uh, who are these people that grow up in Whistler and then move to Kelowna? How good is that? So she, she grows up in Whistler and she has some faith experiences. She has some awakenings to Jesus and his love and she has elements of faith. But when she comes here to university and she spends some time here, she just can't find a church community. And so many of us know what that's like to go through those times. And so she's in university, she's struggling and really um, she's kind of drifting. She's just drifting. And she said, I, I tried to find a church community. I couldn't find one. I just couldn't, you know, it just didn't, nothing worked for me. And I just didn't go anywhere. And I was just kind of drifting. Until the first Sunday that Nancy moves into Rebecca's place, gets up, and Rebecca says, where are you going? Nancy says, I'm going to church. You want to come? 
Rebecca says, okay. She comes, sits in the very back row, like so many do. No, no offense to the back rowers over there. Ed and my kids who are over there. And, uh, you know, and, and because it's safe. And you're just kind of like, we all know what that's like. You want to just kind of dip your toes in and just kind of, you know, who are these people and what's going on? And, you know, uh, I'm close to the coffee and I'm first out. And it's a good strategic place to be. And so she comes and says, well, God speaks to her. And Rebecca, who's been adrift and floating around for five years, now moved from the back row all the way out. I don't know if Rebecca and Nancy are with us this morning. I don't know if they come to the evening sometimes. Um, oh, there, right there. Awesome. There's a row there. Okay. Ends up, now comes every week. And, and closer and closer and closer. to. The, they love to sit in the spit zone because God speaks to them more. And if you get, if you want to get grounded in your faith, if you want to protect yourself from drifting away from Jesus, don't do life alone. Find some friends who have a connection to Jesus and do life together. One of the most powerful gifts you have is your friendship. Things have not changed much since you started a new school in grade eight. You remember what that's like, walking in and not knowing anyone, not, not having anybody to sit with? Oh, how much power is there in somebody saying, hey, my name is, and this is, and what's your name, and do you want to come and sit with us? You want to trade lunch? What did your mom give you? I have a fruit roll-up. Can I have your chocolate milk? Like, how, how beautiful, how simple... You know what? Life is not that complicated. Things have not changed since that first day of school in a strange school in grade eight. The power of friendship, the power of just opening your life a little bit to somebody, the impact it can have is so great. You've heard me say this again and again, that the Holy Spirit is already at work in the lives of people all around you. Jesus is working. He's already showing up. He's already orchestrating and coordinating. He's already, in everybody's life, he's already doing stuff. And when you come along, you get to partner with the things the Holy Spirit is already doing. And one of the best ways for you to minister in the power of the Holy Spirit is through relationship with other people. Jesus was working in Nancy's life when she found our community a few years ago. And he kept working in her life when she moved back to Kelowna to join us. And Jesus was working in, in Rebecca's life when he sent Nancy from Ontario back here and coordinated them and signed them up together and, and came to church together. And now she's finding and growing and, and experiencing Jesus. And now she's not adrift anymore. Now she's holding on to Jesus. She's got that anchor line again in her life. Jesus is already working. The Holy Spirit is already working in lives. And when we come along and we open up our life to other people, we can partner with that. You see, we carry Jesus into every relationship we have. We are carriers of Jesus. He comes with us. And we bring him into that relationship. And so many people can be changed 
and encouraged and built up because we can bring Jesus with us into that relationship. And so there's a couple of things in these verses I'm gonna look at before we get ready to close this morning. One is to encourage you to be a part of the local church. Verse 25 says this, it's so clear, let us not neglect meeting together. The Christians in the book of Hebrews were facing a lot of opposition. They were being hunted and persecuted and there was a movement within the church that some felt it was, safe, it was safer and easier to isolate themselves from the herd. Probably not unlike the underground church in China or other restricted access nations today where when, when that church begins to grow and, 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 and they find community together and they find like encouragement and they find identity together, that, that little church begins, it's harder to keep it a secret. The bigger it becomes, the, the easier it is to be discovered by the authorities and the people kind of looking for it. And so the larger and the more life and the more all the good things of God, the more kind of, and, and there were Christians in the church Christians in the book of Hebrews that were saying, you know what? They wanted to kind of, they wanted to avoid some of that. They wanted to be safe and, and separate and isolate themselves from the herd. And as dangerous as it was for them to be together, as dangerous and as brutal as the face of persecution was, the apostles, the writer of Hebrews, tells the church, do not neglect meeting together. Do not isolate yourself. Do not cut yourself off. There is something amazing and beautiful about coming together in community to lift up the name of Jesus, to worship and pray together and think about Jesus and share one another's lives. And There's something beautiful about coming together. And even in the midst of terrible persecution, the leaders of the church say again and again, don't stop getting together. There is value beyond comprehension. Your life will be encouraged. Your life will be richer for it. I asked Rebecca, why do you come to church? She said, well, I'm finding friends. And you know what? I feel God there. She says, okay, is this weird? She's like, Jesus speaks to me like every week at church. She's like, sometimes you guys are up there and you're talking and I swear you're talking right to me. She says, is that weird? And I said, no, no, that's just, that's just the Holy Spirit. He's just, he's just doing his thing. There's something about coming together. And you know what? We live in a culture where church attendance is dropping. We know this. And uh, I'm not a legalist on church attendance. I, I want to remind you that the scripture clearly says, do not neglect meeting together. Theologically, there's no good reason not to be together as the church. I know sometimes we get hurt. Sometimes we need to deconstruct. Sometimes we get a little toxic and we need some time and we need some space and, you know, we need to go and you sort that stuff out. And, but the plan, the design is for us to be together and to be in community. That's the way we're created. That's what Jesus reminds us of. That's what the word tells us of. The community is always together. People don't know Christianity. People, people don't know the Christian faith and scriptures isolated on their own. It's always together with other people. The Christian faith is designed to be lived out in community with others. And I want us to be the kind of church so that when someone like Rebecca is with us and she says, okay, is this weird? Like every time I'm here, God speaks to me. How great is that? That's the kind of church we need to be. That's the kind of church we strive to be. 
How amazing is it to have the sense of God's presence and God's spirit and that God and the freedom of the Holy Spirit that he can come and he can meet and he can connect with people and reveal himself to people. That's the kind of church we wanna be. That's why we get together. We are better together because we're a sum of our parts. When we leave this morning, every single thing that you've experienced has been contributed. There have been so many hands, so many gifted people, so many amazing people that go and create who we are and what we are and what we're about. And we can't do it without you. And we will say every single week, thank you. Because every cup of coffee, every hello, every handshake, every here, let me show you where this is, every, every message, every note that's played, I can't multitask. Mark is up there tuning his guitar and praying. I could never do that. <laughs> we are so amazing together because we all have a gift. We all have something to contribute. We all come together and we are stronger together. We're a sum of the parts. And you matter and you make a difference. And we accomplish more. We win by being together. The other thing that I see is to be intentional in your relationships. I'm gonna get the team to come. The worship team's gonna come. We're ready to land the plane this morning. Be committed to the local church. That's one way to get kind of grounded in, in your faith and connection and, and, and prevent spiritual drift. And another one is to really be intentional in your relationships. You see, we're instructed not just to get together. Like, who, who needs to go to church out of religious duty? Who just needs to go hear another sermon and another service and another, you know, whatever, and it's like, ugh. I don't want to be that kind of church. I want you to be like, wow, God was amazing. I want everybody to walk out of the, across the parking lot like, oh my goodness, it was amazing. God was so good. That's, that's the kind of church we need to be. And we don't need to come just because it's what we've always done. It's to find, it's to go deeper, it's to have something, it's to have some intent, be intentional in your relationships. Verse 23 says, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. Verse 25 says, encourage one another. This speaks of going deeper. It's much more than coming in, getting a coffee, hearing some good music, amazing preaching, and then leaving before you have to go home. It's, it's so much more than that. It's a challenge for us. You know what? In our culture, in our church, this is always a challenge. It's always so hard to get people connected. And um, when it says, think of ways to motivate one another in love and good works and encourage one another, it's about being intentional, so we're going deeper. And you know what? We want people like Rebecca to come in and experience God at their own pace. We actually want people, if they just want to sit back and be anonymous and dip their toes in and get a feel for who we are, that's cool, okay? If you've been dipping your toes in for like two years, that's not cool, okay? It's like, I was going to say something, something and I won't say it. Okay, um, I'm not Ed. I have to watch my kids are here and I have to keep my language uh, good. Um, we want to be a safe place. It's one of our values. 
We wanna be able to honor people who are just kind of exploring and figuring out and coming in and not rush them and force them and not agenda them. And that, that's good. And at the same time, there's something so significant about connecting with other Christians at a deeper level. I'll tell you this. The most significant spiritual experiences you will have in your life are with your friends. They're not your pastor. They're not your church. They're not even in the worship. When you think of the times in your life that made the biggest difference, when God showed up, when something amazing, it happens through your friends. In fact, it happens so often outside of our church gatherings. And you discover something about faith and something about Jesus that's so amazing. Taking time to go deeper is never a bad choice. Introducing yourself and getting to know someone is never a bad choice. Inviting somebody out to lunch is never a bad choice. And one of the things I love about this community is the people I see in conversation before and after the service. I love to see that. I love to see people visiting. And are you new here? And, and getting to know one another. And, uh, and it's always going to be a struggle. It's always, and you know what? You just got to take the risk. I met somebody today. I'm the pastor of the church. I met somebody today at the back of the coffee bar. Shook his hand. Introduced myself. Have you been coming to the church for very long? I said, two years. Two years. I'm the pastor of the church. I never, you know, and... We can all do better. It's never wrong. It is never a bad idea to go deeper in your relationships with one another. And I love seeing people connect before and after the service and share their lives together. I love the laughter and the hugs and the visiting. I love that. I love that like we start church at 10. We're done at like maybe 11, 15. I am routinely here till 12.30 and there's still people hanging out and visiting. My kids hate it, but I love it. That's who we want to be. That's what we're about. And you know what else I love? I love seeing you guys pray and encourage one another. Probably the best thing I ever see is little huddles of people after the service. Sometimes the row and it gets turned together and sometimes they're standing and visiting. Man, the greatest thing is seeing Christians get together in a little huddle with some friends and just pray because somebody needs prayer. Somebody's going through it and the other ones know and they just, and I see it happen all the time. Sometimes some, one, of, one of our team, somebody around here might say, hey, can I pray with you? I love that it doesn't have to be the pastor who's paid and it doesn't have to be at the front at the formal altar call and put your hand and come forward. And I love that you can just do it. Jesus, let that grow. Jesus, let us be that kind of church. Jesus, let us be the kind of church that can find connection with one another, can encourage and build one another up. You are unstoppable when you have that in your life. No matter what comes, no matter what you face, it is the greatest gift that you can have. It's why we are the church. It's why we do the church. Because if, if you can find people, if you can find connection, if you can find that, you are going to be, you're off to the races. You're running. It's going to be amazing. 
And that really is one of our biggest hopes. It's one of our biggest reasons that we are here and why we do what we do. I know that it doesn't happen for everybody. And you may be wondering why and how and when is it going to happen? And, and you're, there's a hunger and there's, a, there's an emptiness there and you know that you want that and it hasn't quite... If I could figure out the program, if I could figure out the way to make us the most amazing, connected, friendliest church in the whole world, I would do it, trust me. But we're kind of dumb sheep sometimes and we don't always do what we're supposed to and it just, it's hard. It's not always easy. And the only thing I can do as a church is just to encourage you and say you can never go wrong by opening your heart up to somebody else. And we are so much better together. We are stronger the more connected we are. And you can take a horse to water, but you can't make a drink. And the pastor can say, he can say, you know what, go, open your heart, open your, connect with, you can say it all you want. And until we take little risks, until we're able to actually say, okay, I'm gonna take a risk. I'm Chad, I'm the pastor here. How long have you been coming? Two years, oh, I'm sorry. Oh. I hope you tithe. No, I didn't say that. <laughs> It's never wrong to take a risk. We need one another. The church needs one. It's the hardest. It's, we're losing that battle in our world. And we're going to start the fall. We're, gonna, we're, we're doing prayer next week together. We're going to hit the fall. We're gonna, our whole fall theme is be the church. And we're just going to take the first four weeks and five weeks and we're just going to just be the church together. And we're going to have fun. And we're going to do new things. And, and you know, um, we're going to do our best. And all we ask is this, could you partner with us? Could you be a part of it? Do not neglect meeting together. Encourage one another. Think of ways to motivate one another to love and good works so that you don't drift away the words from scripture this morning and if you haven't connected with people yet if there's a hunger in your life and it hasn't been filled I can only say this just keep going keep trying and I believe that God is going to do it in your life let's, let's pray together can we pray together Lord thank you for this church I thank you for the people that we have in this community we have so many amazing people amazing moms and dads and grandparents. We've got amazing teachers and business people and counselors and trades people. You've gifted this community, Lord. And there is so much potential and so much hope for us. And Lord, we want to know the work and the freedom and the move of the Holy Spirit in our community. We gather together. We, we are collectively so much more together. We are better together. Father, I pray that you would help us in this community to be courageous to foster relationships with one another, to be courageous to find friends and be Jesus to one another so that you, Holy Spirit, can work and move in our lives. Jesus, there is so much more. There is so much more in store 
for us as a church community. And I pray that you will help us to grab hold of one another and grab hold of you and to, and to be collective in our Christian community. To once again, as we get into the fall, to be reminded that the story of God is even bigger than what's going on in our own lives. There's, there's more happening. There's more at stake. And Jesus, I pray that this church would experience you and that we would always, Jesus, we, we covet your presence. We covet your presence. I pray, Lord, that every week people would leave here saying, wow, it's like the Holy Spirit was speaking right at me, right to me. We need that, Jesus. Help us to be that kind of people, we pray. Amen.